Good morning, church family. I guess you have figured out that this is not Pastor Dave, and I would, and you would be right. This is Diane, and I send greetings to you all on this beautiful spring day. I started putting together my message several months ago. A lot has happened since then that has altered our lives immeasurably. So I had my original script, which I talked about the healing process, the body and the soul. In light of what has taken place, I've decided to combine the two topics, which have given me some thoughts that God has revealed to me. I will get to that later. We have a plaque in our house that reads, Faith, Hope, Love. So simple. I would occasionally look at it and never thought about the meaning of these words. Now I see them differently. I see it as faith that leads to love, that leads to hope, and hope leads to love. Galatians 5, 23, and 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the greatest of these is love. As Christians, I believe that these acts have been, been put to the test recently. Our faith is being tested. In Hebrews 11.32, what is faith? It is the confidence assurance that we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence that we cannot see. God gave his approval to people in days of old because of their faith. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It is by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. It was by faith that Noah built an ark to save his family from the flood. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home and to go to another land that God would give him in his inheritance. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. In Psalm 25, verses 1 through 6, I trust in you, O Lord. I lift up my soul. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced, or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. Show me the path where I should walk, O Lord. Point out the right road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. In Mark 12, 29, Jesus said, The most important commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. We, as God's people, have been dealing with a pandemic that has instilled fear and uneasiness. Fear of the unknown can cause stress and anxiety and feelings of doubt. Is this an inappropriate response from Christians? If we are true followers of Jesus, do we set aside these feelings and live our lives in the glory of God? I say yes. Remember that God is in control, that he has a plan, and we must trust in God and remain faithful in the good times and the bad. More importantly, we need to be a light in the dark world. In Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You, Lord, give perfect purpose firm and put their trust in you. The handout that Joanne Marjean Coates gave us at church speaks to fear 
and how we handle it. In an article about advice that was given by C.S. Lewis, he substituted the word atomic bomb for the coronavirus. The first action is to be taken is to pull ourselves together. We are all in this together. If we are going to be destroyed by this virus, let it, when it comes, find us doing sensible human things like praying, working at home, teaching, reading, listening to music, hiking, and connecting with our friends, and of course having service in the church parking lot. I would like to add that I have witnessed many acts of kindness and grace during these difficult times. Here's the most important takeaway. It is in his opinion, C.S. Lewis, that is how people who are trusting in the Lord in this pandemic will respond. How did we respond? How did you respond? As I see it, God hit, God hit the pause button on, on our lives, and he will reset that button. It gave me time to reflect on my Christian life and open my eyes to a greater appreciation of God's wonderful creation, listening to the birds sing, hearing the wind blow in the trees, looking up at the amazing clouds and the brilliant sunsets, and of course, the sound of silence. There are many passages in the Bible that speak of God's healing, comfort, and strength for his people. God will comfort us when we comfort others. All praise to God and to our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source of every mercy, and God comforts us. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we may comfort others. 2 Corinthians 3, 4. Encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. In 1 Theologians 5, 11, we must pray for the healing of others in a way that glorifies the love of God. When I become aware, aware of someone's health burden, it brings me to that prayer. I pray that Jesus will lay his hands upon you to calm your fears and to give you peace. We have a loving connection to this through our prayer chain here at the church. When I, when I told my son of my car accident that I experienced in January, he said, Mom, did you look in your rearview mirror? I told him, no. I was looking ahead. I thought about this. Should I have been looking in my rearview mirror? Would this have prevented the accident? I don't think so. But, well, what is rearview living? I think in my estimation, it means looking back instead of living for the moment and going forward as you live your life, your journey with God. And when I am on my Christian journey, I want to be looking ahead with my eyes on Jesus. Well, occasionally I can look back in reflection, but for the most part, I will faithfully stay focused on my Lord. It is difficult now to make plans, but God has a plan for us. We must have the patience to wait and the understanding of, this, of what is required of us. I had plans that day of my accident, but God had a different plan. And sometimes we create unrealistic expectations of what our life should be. And we become, become so focused on ourselves that we lose our purpose. God is not in the picture. Sometimes it is not until we have a life-changing event in our lives that we are brought face-to-face -face as to what our purpose really is. Our relationship with God cannot be one of always looking back and wondering what if. God gives us free will, but we, will, we must always remember that he is there to guide us. I think back on my injuries that I sustained in January, and the injury was inflicted, inflicted by someone else. It caused me pain and suffering. I had excruciating pain the day after. I also had anger at the person who caused my injury. Holding a grudge against someone is like letting them live rent-free in your head. You need to kick them out, evict them. 
Instead, you must have joy in your relationships. If it causes you pain, walk away and pray for that person. What do you do with hurt and pain? I lifted it up and I took it to the cross. This did take some time. This is where the healing process comes into play. Through the love of Jesus, we can let it go. This suffering is all part of why God has called you to Christ, who suffered for you. He is your example. Of course, we cannot even imagine the pain and suffering our Christ, Christ endured. We need to follow in his footsteps. He never sinned and he never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. And when he suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. 1 Peter 21-24 I will put my trust in you, Lord not the things of this world. Earthly things can pass away here today and gone tomorrow. Our Lord has always been there. He is here now at this moment, and he will be forevermore. His love endures forever. I must admit I had a good deal of anger that this happened to me, and even asked the question, why me, and got into that dialogue. Then I remembered a passage from a book I read last year entitled A Grace Disguise by Jerry sister. In the section called Why Not Me, he writes about losing his wife, mother, and two children in a horrific car accident. Why me? Most of us want to have control over our lives, and consequently, we have the power to get much of what we want, but the possibility of so much control has makes us vulnerable to disappointment when we lose it. Loss provides us, deprives us of control. Suddenly, we are forced to face our limitations and our expectations blow up. We resent the intrusion, the inconvenience, the derailment. Derailment is a good word that describes how I felt. It was not something I was planning on. We come to the conclusion that much of life just seems to happen. We just do not have control over some things. It is out of our control. Why not me is a good question. To ask as any. It reminds me of the serenity prayer. The problem of expecting to live in a perfectly fair world is that there is not grace in that world, for grace is grace only when it is undeserved. We all desperately desire the grace of God, and it can come in many forms. When talking about grace, Max, Max Licato put it this way, grace is a voice that calls us to change and then gives us the power to pull it off. When grace happens, we receive not a nice compliment from God, but a new heart. Give your heart to Christ, and he returns the favor. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six. As I thought about this, I reflected on the words in the Bible. Bible. It gave me comfort in the knowledge that I can seek the Lord and ask for prayer. I also came to the realization that this incident could have been much worse, and I count my blessings. I thank God that no one else was in the, my car at the time. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Colossians 1.16 Focusing on ourselves will never reveal our life's purpose. Living on purpose is the path to peace. You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep their purpose firm and put their trust in you. Isaiah 26.3 we stand united in God. We are the Colville Community Church, but we are also the Colville United Methodist Church. We are united in Christ, the body, the whole of the unity, 
We need to stay connected. I feel like I wanted to become whole again. I came to, and came to the realization that God can make me whole and complete, to be somewhat formed on the journey with my Lord. God is love, and in coming to him, we cannot escape through people. There is no separation between the spiritual and the social. The way we feel about people is the way we feel about God, and the way we treat people is the way we treat God. It made me reflect on how I handle fear of the unknown, fear of what the future may hold. This is when I have trust, trust in our Lord, whatever it may bring, to lift it up in prayer and to know that God has my back and he will at some point hit that reset button. In Psalm 34, 4, seek the Lord and he will deliver from all your fears. As Christians, we long for the Lord's presence during difficult times. I feel that this crisis brought me closer to God, and I feel his presence even more intensely. I know in my heart that we will all be together again and share the love of Jesus. Please join me in prayer. May the strength of God pilot us. May the power of God preserve us. May the wisdom of God instruct us. May the hand of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. And may the shield of God defend us. May Christ be with us, Christ before us, Christ in us, and Christ over us. May thy salvation, O Lord, be always ours this day and forever. Please join me in prayer. Lord, grant us the peace we desperately need today, tomorrow, and the next day. Give us the patience we strive to have to live in your presence. Amen. And now as we close our time together here, there'll be a song afterwards that you can listen to from Casting Crowns. That's Thrive. We were made to thrive. May you thrive. Keep keep uh, listening to the callers. If, if you haven't got a phone call this week, then you can call somebody and check on them and see what's going on and see how they're doing. But uh, we're doing our best to keep everybody as safe as we possibly can and to honor God in the process. And now, as you, as you finish this time together with us, I ask that you accept this benediction, that you would be able to be at peace, that you'd be in the arms of the Lord and at peace. Be at peace, church. Amen.